Welcome to Across the Line. Jing Hamlang and Chris Greatwich. Hello, how are you, sir? With you as always. And today we are talking about the Sea Games 2019. It's the 30th edition of the competition, and it's here in our home ground in the Philippines. And it's been a wild ride so far. We just had the uh, opening ceremonies get underway, but of course, the football has been ongoing for more than a week, Chris. And there's been so much to talk about. And today we're going to talk about the five things that have stood out to us so far. Perfect. Yeah. Let's go through them. I mean, the the one thing I want to really touch upon, I think the main takeaway that I've I've got from the from the first set of games is that football is alive. Football is alive and well in the it, Philippines. And it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. It does feel good. Um I, I looked at the turnout for Friday's game mm -hmm. uh, against Malaysia. Yeah. Packed house. Packed house. You know, six and a half thousand people jammed into Rizal Memorial. Um, they were served up a, a, an entertaining game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, now has sort of put us in the mix to potentially qualify from the group. Obviously, only taking one point from the first two games meant mm. that really this was a must win fixture. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, the elder statesman yep. came up with the goods. Well, I'm not sure, actually. Do you, do you think it was his goal? What, what, <laughs> what do you think? Initially, I thought it was Amani's goal, yeah. as he had gotten the last touch. But uh, you look at it, and they had credited to Stefan Schrock in the end for his uh, uh, clever clever uh, delivery from the corner kick. Um, it looked like he was going to do an outswinger, but he had cut it back in, and it, it swerved into the goal. And the goalie had gotten a touch to it, and Amani bundled it in with his body. So I thought... Amani should get credit for that one. Uh, you know, I happened to bump into Stefan Schrock on Saturday. Really? He was having um, he was having some uh, dessert with his family. And um, I told him it doesn't count. The goal does not count for him. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay, number one. Um, it, at best, it's an under-22 goal if he wants the credit. It doesn't go on his record as a national <laughs> I'm not having that at all. So that, that doesn't count. Um if he wants to claim it as a really clever bit of play, yeah. I'm not having that either. I've seen him, I've seen him misplace that pass many a time. <laughs> so I think Amani should get the goal yeah. um, for putting the, the goalkeeper under under some pressure. Mm. Really, it's a mistake from the goalkeeper. I, I don't really know what he's playing out with, with mm. that delivery. He's, he's got to deal with that better. Um, but a historic win. Obviously, the, yeah. there, were, there were parallels with the Sea Games of 1991. Which I think adds to the kind of the mystique of the of of the result, and yeah, ultimately it puts us in a, in a really good position because going into that game we had to win the game, yeah. um, managed to get the three points, which puts us now on four points, which is level with second place uh, Cambodia, yeah, and um, yeah, only a win behind Myanmar, who obviously got got seven points. This this podcast will go out post. Um, Thursday's game so um, we have to be careful with our predictions here sure um, because we're either going to be profits or we're going to land with uh, egg on our face um, but I think if, if we're able to get a number of goals against Timor without being too presumptuous yeah, yeah. Um, then I think we're in with a real chance of qualifying now what, what, what's your sort of take I, on, on I think so I think so I think we need to get as many goals as we can against Timor-Leste and then Myanmar and Cambodia are still to play and then Cambodia takes on Malaysia after. Now, Cambodia have been, perhaps for me, the most surprising mm, of all the teams. Bracket. They're the dark horse, I think. Yeah, that I've seen. And, and they are very good. They are very well coached. And they play beautiful football, which came as a shock to me and to many others. We sort of talked about a little bit, didn't we, in the previous episode, that under Honda's regime, that mm. they've, they've played some really good football. They haven't perhaps got the results in the World Cup qualifiers, yeah. but I know they had a really young team. Yeah. Again, the names aren't too familiar, so I wasn't sure how many of them have come from the, the full national team and are, are now here. But it seems like whatever they've been doing with with the with the full squad, with yeah. the full national team squad, it seems to have transmitted and translated really well to yeah. their under twenty two. So, um, no, I agree with you. I, I think they they've they've definitely got potential to medal, but they've got a tough task ahead of them now exactly yeah. uh, they've got Myanmar who are playing lights out at the moment as well so that's going to be a great game actually to watch and then Malaysia and so if Myanmar and uh, Cambodia um, 
if Malaysia, uh, sorry, if Myanmar wins that game, I would think the Cambodian Malaysia game will pan out a little bit more to our favor. Yeah. And uh, essentially, what I, what I see is that Myanmar wins against Cambodia, and then Cambodia and Malaysia will hopefully play to a draw. Okay. Yeah. So this is so when people will listen to this, the results will already be in. So yeah. you have claimed that Philippines will qualify yeah. in the second place. Through those through results, those set of results, set and, of circumstances taking place, and we get three points against Timor Leste. Okay, so like while while I am optimistic, and I'd love to share your optimism, my biggest concern really is if they're able to run up the scoreboard against Timor. Okay, because if you actually look at the the games we've we had, um, the Cambodia game where we scored late, we got mm. the late equaliser, and in the Malaysia game there were there were periods of that game where. Um, the Philippines were really on the front foot, right. but were unable to convert guilt edge chances. 100%. So the concern is is when you're going against a team where a the you need to be on the front foot, mm-hmm. you need to be forcing the issue um, against an opponent who's obviously had some difficult results yeah. to this point, but they're not going to want to go home, you know. With that, you know, with, with 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 four defeats, so I think it might give them a little incentive to at least produce something on 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 their final outing, and you know, with them, I don't say misfiring, but with them not being as clinical as they have, as they have been. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. Actually, I think this season has this year has been a case of a lot of the games. I mean, look at the Syria game, for example, with the, with the men's national team loads of good, really good opportunities mm. to to perhaps restore parity in that game but but were unable to convert you know obviously when Phil young husband has been the the fulcrum of the team and been the one banging in the goals for the last 15 years or whatever it is that he played you know that's a, they're, they're big shoes to fill yeah. and, and obviously Chima's done a great job um leading the line but as a prolific goal scorer he, he's probably someone who needs someone alongside him right um you know, Harvey's been utilised in in different roles. You know, with within that team, who's who's been a great goal scorer at the UAP level, um, not really tested at at, the, at this level. So that's where I think they might fall short a little bit. Um, you know, you're relying on Shrocky to come up with the goals. Um, obviously, uh, Bass came up with with one of the goals, didn't he? Yeah, and that it, was a nice one. It was a great finish, wasn't it? A lovely chest down. Was it from? Um, was it Chong? Uh, Chong, Chong, yeah. great chest down and, and great finish. So. I mean, they have scored obviously in the competition, but I just feel if you're reliant on trying to get through on goal difference, yeah. you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for for them, I think, to try and get five, six, seven goals, whatever they they might need, yeah, in order to to qualify. It's going to be a different kind of game. I mean, we've relied on a lot of drama over the last couple of games. I mean, getting that what was it, ninety second, ninety third equalizer against Cambodia, yeah. Then playing against Myanmar, I thought you know there was a decent crowd out there watching that game uh, Justin Bass with a good goal is, and but then as you mentioned we were on the front foot it looked like we were dominating and then they nicked one and, and we lost that yeah. game which made the Malaysia game so huge yeah. and I think we were talking about how football is alive yeah 6,500 people come out to watch this game they know that there's something on the line and the boys delivered I mean but they left it late you know yeah. in, in, in that one but you saw the passion again. Yeah. And this is something that we've been missing for, yeah. for quite some time. Why do you think the change? Um, you know, there, it's 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 a tournament that is unfolding in your home ground, and it's happening. You're you're following the story, right? You know, it's right there. Everybody's reporting about it as well. It's yeah. not just one or two outlets because it is the Sea Games, yeah. and it's the only sport that's happening before the opening ceremonies. You right. know? I mean, at least of note. I mean, I don't know any. I don't know anybody who's following the polo games, you know what I mean? Or the water polo games. Yeah. No disrespect to those right, games. Right. But uh, they, it's a little bit more relatable, the game of football. And they knew that we had our backs against the wall and that there was a part to play. There's a part to play. Yeah. You have to help these guys get over the line. And you can see them trying to will this team on. And uh, it's been some time since that, that, that that's happened. You know, it's, it's harder to get your head wrapped around a World Cup qualifier. And yeah, because it's so long and far in advance, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. Like, yeah, the qualifications for two, three years. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, and this is going to be for qualifications of the Asian. How does that work? Um, what group? Who, who are we? Like, you know, they, they don't know the dynamics it's of the format foot. that's easy to understand. Exactly. Okay. And, and it's right here. It's the Southeast yeah. Asian Games. And it's everybody's kind of being 
how should you say, um, encouraged to get behind their national yeah. teams anyway, yeah. as a whole, right? For, for, for the games as a whole. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the national fervor is being stirred by the media, by, you know, friends and family that, hey, man, maybe we should go out, catch one of these games, you know, yeah. let's, let's be a part of this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was one of the first events that you could do that. Yeah. And they were rewarded with with some late drama and you saw the scenes i mean you saw Amazing, it on social yeah. media like brilliant. people waiting outside for, just to, to cheer on the team as they exited the stadium yeah. there were flares outside chanting all out um kenshiro daniels was actually there a lot of our players mm. who are normally part of the national team uh, got an opportunity to be spectators yeah. again and you saw like the ultras filipinas cheering kenshiro daniels on with his own song and it's you know, it's it's an amazing experience for the people outside who have not had an opportunity, or inside the the national team who have not had an opportunity to experience that side of things. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's really refreshing. I honestly, think, I, I definitely agree with you that with the fact that the games as a whole has created this atmosphere, yeah. has created this buzz, and what that's led to is, yeah, if you're at home with your family and you're a football player, you're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go down there. I'll go Why check not? it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's yeah. on my doorstep. I think I think also the novelty of it is 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 important. So you got the familiar faces in like a Shrocky or a, an Aguinaldo, but I don't know anyone else. Yeah. Really? You know, how many of those other names do you really know? I mean, Bass, Justin Bass has just come onto the scene last couple of months. Right. So maybe that novelty factor was also playing into it because, you know, you want to see these guys, you know, what are these guys all about? You, you don't know them. You yeah. don't know what they're like. So you want to try to, you know, spend a bit of time maybe getting to know them as players. And then, off the back of that, like exactly what you said, we had loads of my academy kids went back to the hotel just to get pictures with these guys. Right. You know? And I think that that kind of interaction is something that's been amiss for a number of years. Mm. And I think it's great that that kind of atmosphere, that kind of environment, like you used the word fervor, you know, I think that's that's a great word to use because it hasn't been around for a long time. Mm. It hasn't been long, to, long for, a lo for a long time. So for us to ha be hosting the games, for them to, to to sort of stoke up this this kind this kind of atmosphere, I think. Hopefully, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it is, it is the, the thing that propels them to at least the semi-finals. Yeah. On the other half of the group, it looks formidable. I mean, Vietnam looks strong. Yeah. Um, Thailand have been surprisingly underwhelming, and it looks like yeah. Indonesia potentially might sneak out of of. Um, of that group. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. But if Philippines were to qualify, it would look like Vietnam would be the game. Yeah. And it, that would be a real ticket. You know, that would be a great game to watch. Because if anyone hasn't seen Vietnam up like, like, close and personal, they are top, yeah. top side. An amazing thing as well is the support that the opposition teams have been having or the away teams mm -hmm. in this regard. Vietnam versus Indonesia just happened yeah. upon this recording. And man, it looked like it was a Vietnam home game. Right. Like there was so many people yeah. out there. And they travel, by the way. Yeah, the, the environment yeah. was incredible, uh -huh. you know. So if you can imagine a semi-final, Philippines versus Vietnam, at the Rizal Memorial Stadium, there's gonna be loads of fans there. There's gonna be an away section that is gonna be legitimate, really cheering on yeah. the Vietnamese side. It's gonna be a, a proper football match. You know what I mean? I want to come on, come onto this a little bit and explore this avenue because we had a, well, you received a, a tweet, didn't you, from? A mutual friend in yeah. in Phil Hagedorn, who's a who's a fr friend of the show. That's right. Um, he's, he enjoys the podcast, and he and he tweeted something about Filipinos just aren't sports fans, mm. right? And I read the tweet, and at first I was like, "Yeah, he's right." You know, yeah, he's right. People just aren't passionate about mm. sports in the same way as you were perhaps in Germany or England or you know, some of these other countries. Then I sort of had a little bit more of a think about it. And sorry, Phil, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think everybody is a sports fan. I mm. think every country is, is, is uh, are passionate and, and fanatical about their sports. I mean, if, if, if we weren't sports fans, then why when the Manny Pacquiao fight, why when, when he fights, the country is on shut, a complete shutdown, Yeah. right? No crime, no one's on the streets, everyone's in front of the television, huddled around watching his fight. So. No, I don't. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Um, I think it's about providing that platform and an avenue for. Like I think we talked about it in previous podcasts, having something that's relatable and everyone can relate to getting behind their country and supporting them in the games. Right. Everyone can relate to that. Yeah. And that's what I think is is culminated in everyone wanting to come out and and support their. 
their, their nation. Um, and off the back of that, you've seen the, the, the teams perform extremely well, top of the medal count as of mm. recording. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too sure about that. I don't know what your take is, um, but I think Philippines can be a fanatical sporting nation. I think that's the key there. You're, what you said is like it can be, can be. But if what does it need to what what needs to happen then? Do you think? Meaning, if you're looking at it from just um, on evidence alone, let's yeah. say if you if you were an alien, you came over here and yeah. you looked like is the Philippines a sporting nation? Yeah. As in comparison to other nations, no, yeah. it's not. But the thing is, it's shown symptoms or signs that it could become could a, be. a massive thing. Yeah. And and you, as you mentioned, Manny Pacquiao, there's a few. Uh, pocket events that have showcased you know that fanaticism that we have yeah um it's i really think it's about developing that culture right they saw a glimpse of it in that Rizal game where yeah. you have people singing songs all yeah. throughout the 90 minutes and you step in there as an outsider and you're like whoa what is yeah. this yeah like i've never been a part of something like this yeah. and that stirs something in you and makes yeah. you want to replicate that again yeah. right and the more that people um sort of nurture this culture, um, bring it to basketball games, bring it to volleyball games, the singing, the the cheering. Uh, let's let's meet up an hour before. Yeah. Let's let's get this going. Let's um, if you're of age, then maybe there's a few drinks involved to get the spirit going and enter the enter the the, the venue you know, with a loud voice and a, a willingness to be rowdy, yeah. that, that's a potential for uh, something that could be replicated over and over again. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be something else. It could be more PG if you'd like. But yeah. but do something. Uh, try to set a trend of some sort that will allow people to want to come back, yeah. it, whether it be, you know, the food that you provide. Is it novelty items? Is it, yeah. you know, um, something that the organizers can do to... to entertain the people even more because yeah. the game in itself for real sporting nations is almost you know a, a secondary yeah. thing it's not the, the main event you've come there with your family and you guys have made a day out of it regardless if your team wins or loses it's going to be a lot of fun it's yeah. going to be an experience and i think that's what needs to be harbored because you know just a few hot dogs outside and um, mediocre facilities these are not the types of things that will want somebody to come back yeah. to these games if the games aren't good, right? So I think the fan experience is the ultimate one here. Like if I'm really it. trying to get to the crux of why Philip perhaps said that is I think the fan experience is poor. Yeah. And it seems quite blanket across most sports. Yeah. I mean, maybe the college one is the only one that I think might be a little bit different. And maybe that's because that sort of collegiate experience Again, is a bit different. You, those are like, you know, the cheers. There we go. You know the cheers, right? So there right? We go. Yeah. You guys are singing along to these things because you guys are from La Salle, from well, yeah, Ateneo, Ateneo, right? Yeah. And then you've manufactured this thing of Ateneo versus La Salle, and yeah. it brings out this this feeling like I have to be there. I yeah. gotta support my team. It's tribalism, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And there's really nothing like that in club sports right now yeah. in the Philippines, right? So that's something that needs to be actively created as yeah. well. You know, yeah. you hate the term manufacture the culture, but there's got to be an active role being played by the teams or the supporters yeah. in order to create that atmosphere yeah. as well. And I know? think also the, the the governing bodies need to, um, you know, try to like you should use the word harbor and, and accentuate that. Mm. You know, like I was hearing things about you know, certain things aren't allowed in the stadium and stuff. And yeah, it's like, oh, come on, come on, like let's at least try to make it enjoyable. Like I remember playing in Bacolod for the first time, and when they had the steel drums. Mm. And they would play it. I mean, some people don't like the drums, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Like, mm. I remember, like, we would regain possession in an advanced area. And then you just hear, boom, boom. Yeah. And just, it just gave that little extra lift. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and that you knew that, okay, we were in the ascendancy in that, in that moment because, the, you know, the drums started going. And then, of course, that, that creates that, that atmosphere yeah. within the crowd. And you, and you know what, mate? I think the real key to this and, and what I'm hoping from this particular games is is the kids that have gone to watch will be inspired one by what's happened on the pitch yeah because they're, they're not much older than them that's right. right they're not much older so we have guys from my under 15s you know mm. and there's kids that are 19 20 that are playing in the right right tournament. So, yeah you know that sort of relatable factor i think is important but also for the for the people who watch the games to connect with it on a fan level yeah. so you know that 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 feeling that you get from singing with your 
comrade who's in the stand next to you mm. or that rivalry between you and that opposition country that, and you can feel that tension yeah. and not to the point where you know, sometimes like I've, I've talked with some of my enemy about this like sometimes with Indonesian fans it can be misconstrued and it can be kind of in, intimidating Yeah, not that because I don't think that's in the Filipino nature it can be mm. it can be kind of a rivalry thing but it can be in a more friendly kind of jovial fashion which I think is more in keeping with the Filipino culture 100% and, and then like you said and then make it a, make it an event the spectacle in itself in the game is just one aspect of a bigger event which is the walk to the stadium you know yeah. the smells the sounds the sights you know that is really what the event is all about 100%. it's not just the game the real event is actually all of those things that lead up to and that you experience after mm. the actual game you, you were speaking about like the Filipino nature as well. There was a lot of reports about the Filipino ultras um, singing all day. Shout out to the ultras. Amazing, Great amazing people. support. And um, they've done it for the women's, they've done it for the men's. Um, the Cambodia game, you know, 1-1, mm. went outside, spoke with the, the fans of Cambodia, had pictures with them, yeah. sang with them. Yeah. That's the type of thing that we want Absolutely. to see. You know, I mean, it's one thing to have like an intimidation factor that Indonesia brings and, and, and other countries might provide, but we're not about that. No, we're not about not. having violence at yeah. our matches. That's yeah. not our thing. Yeah. You know, we're all there to enjoy. Yeah. But to go out there and be passionate about your team, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But to come out and then and then enjoy the the opposition supporters yeah. as well. You know, yeah. you guys are all here for one reason. Yeah. It's just to enjoy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's been really really fun to see it come back alive. And we were mentioning in the last episode about how the lightning was captured mm. in the past after that Suzuki Triumph, uh, Suzuki Cup Triumph in 2010. And this is like remnants of that. Yeah, like you feel it. Yeah, and and you just got to take advantage of it. You got to keep this momentum going. Whatever happens, whether yeah. whether we don't make it into the semifinals or not, we've created something yeah. already. Yeah, I know? agree. I agree. I think that's. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. That's the final point that I wanted to talk about. But I think definitely football is alive. Yeah. Maybe it needed a little bit of resuscitating, but mm. it, it seems like the passion and enthusiasm is there. 100%. It's just a case of can we harness it and can we develop a few things off the back of that. Um, but the next thing I wanted to talk about is the talent coming through. Mm. So we talked a little bit about, although these are unfamiliar names, there are people who were starting to etch their name in Philippine folklore now. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you've been commentating on the games. Yeah. What, what, what have you seen in terms of the talent that's, that's coming through from this group? I think the first guy that, that pops into mind is, you know, the drama that Dennis Chung created, mm. right? It was like a Chifi Kaligdong type moment. Yeah. You know, you come in for five minutes, the ball comes to you, you don't hesitate, you hit that into the bottom corner, you take off your shirt, yeah, you, yeah. Run into the, you, you run over to the bench and everybody's going yeah. mad. Some great pictures as well. The imagery of yeah. that goal is was, was it's amazing, iconic, yeah. right? Um, so he's obviously become he's introduced himself yeah. onto this stage. You know, uh, you mentioned Bas earlier, um, Ozoka already. You've mentioned, but I, you know, I want to talk about Mardiano, who's who's started three matches mm. uh, in defense. Uh, not a lot of hype around yeah, him at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Mar What's the story? Mardiano from UE. Yeah. I, I called some of his games in the UAP. I remember going back to Noel Marcaid and saying, do you guys know this dude? Yeah. He's like, he's from Masbate. So of course he knows yeah. him. And I was like, he's a proper player. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, he's got a lot of composure mm. uh, that I don't normally see at that level. Yeah. And then to see him in the under-22 team, I was pretty like, oh, nice. He's made into the squad. But yeah. then most of the homegrown players got cut, right? You, there was a lot of like Ren Saldivar um, from FEU. There's a whole bunch of boys. Yeah, JB. Who, yeah, there JB was must be disappointed. Borlonga. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, I think Formiga as well. There's a whole bunch of guys that were like, okay, that's that's rather surprising. They yeah. didn't get on. But Diana was a guy who was still on the list. I thought he was going to start on the bench because Cassambri was yeah. around. Yeah. So I, I'm very surprised at that. Yeah. So Diano comes in. I'm like, I don't know about this. I don't know about if this is a good idea yeah. or not. And then, you know, there were some nerves in the beginning, but wow, he's made himself yeah. into a proper like option yeah. in that defensive position. And that's fantastic to see. Um, you have, uh, I think it's Eric. Eric, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Galiantes. Yeah. yeah I, I've seen uh, glimpses of him in the Copa Paulino Alcantara. So yeah. I, I knew what he was about and he's, he buzzes about and he, the commitment. Every other day he's played, 90 minutes I think he's played every game. and. Yeah. That guy doesn't run out of steam at he all. He was, yeah. I mean, I was alerted to him um, 
So Steve Marcella, the goal, former goalkeeper coach, right, right. Um, used to be at Hibs, which was the club that he was attached to. Okay. In and, Scotland, and in Scotland yeah. yeah. And they spoke very highly of him. So I remember there was there was some articles that were coming out regarding his um, availability, and he was like, "No, nah, if I was called up, I'd you know, I'd love." I'd, you know, I'd love the chance to play yeah. for the Philippines. And I think he'd been involved in the Scot Scottish setup a little bit. Right. And obviously he was quite highly thought of at the club. So, yeah, I mean, and that's a good level, the, the you know, Scottish Premier yeah. League. So, yeah, I wasn't really sure if that was going to be a viable option. Then, then he came out. Mm. Obviously, he, he played a couple of games with the full national team. But, yeah, in terms of the, a young, promising, attacking, positive player, yeah. I think he's someone who's got a real future. Um, yeah, certainly is... He's someone who's, who creates a bit of excitement, you know. In, in the final third, he's always looking to, yeah, um, to find an opening and, and to, to create an opportunity for himself or for someone else. Um, I think he's someone who could transition well into into the full national team moving forward. So, hopefully, he can continue. There was um, an, there was another kid, uh, winger as well, Suba Suba Junior, mm -hmm. um, came on blonde hair. I was like, oh, okay. I wonder where this guy comes from. Right. And Sanbeda. Obviously, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I believe he is from Takloban. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and he, he plays. He plays well. He yeah. looks like a baller for sure. Yeah. Like, um, was brought in as a substitute in the first game, and really changed the dynamic of that match. Uh, we didn't have much going on on the right flank on that game uh, against Cambodia. It was the first one that I, I got a chance to call, and he changed the match for me. I thought uh, he provided a lot of good opportunities from the right flank, and was never afraid to take on his man mm. lightning pace too so he's a guy to look out for for sure yeah. suva yeah okay i wonder what's going to happen with some of these guys because i'm hearing that some of them are out of contract like for example um Elias modal is mm. out of contract with his club in in scandinavia okay um you know maybe he might be looking for this to be a springboard for him to get a move maybe to something somewhere here in the philippines or yeah what seems to be a, for the route for a lot of the guys at the moment, which is to, which is to go into the Thai league. Um, you know, obviously, there are other players that have put themselves really in the shop window. Justin Bass being one of them, I think he's mm. um, you know he's done extremely well. So yeah, I, I think it's quite an exciting time for this group, and I would never want someone if they felt as though a, they were able to forge a career in Europe. If that was the you know if that was a possibility, I'd always encourage that because I think that's you can always come back here. Mm. You know, so if you, if you trying to play at the highest possible level you should probably stick to trying to pursue avenues you know in in preferably in europe because i think if you can elevate your game there when you come back and join national teams it's you're able to impart some of that experience knowledge that you accrue at, at playing at that sort of level but it's always an option you know should you not be able to make the gray should you not cut it to, to come back and i think a lot of players have done that and mm. have gone on to have really good careers yeah so no, I think it's exciting times for that group. I think there's definitely a handful of players who can potentially make a name for themselves in this tournament on its own. Yeah. And then from there, the avenues of either A, you know, going and finding else uh, opportunities elsewhere yeah. or within the region. I think that would be great. And then ultimately, really, to produce players for the men's national team because really that's, that's what it's all about. And to think just not so long ago, there were a couple contingents that were not sent to the SEA Games because we didn't have a chance to win or whatever it was, whatever yeah. nonsense uh, re response was given as a result of us not being sent over or not being allowed to send a team over. This is the reason you have a team. I mean, we're not guaranteed to make it to the semifinals and we're not guaranteed to medal. It doesn't matter. Yeah. These boys have had this experience now yeah. and it's going to be a fantastic thing for their career to bring forward. I mean, to be exposed to clubs in Europe and around Asia. And just the, just this experience as a player to 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 have that ex, uh, that opportunity to play against other m members in the in Southeast yeah. Asia, get your feet wet with the, with the national team, have crowds around to feel that pressure in that environment. It's just unacceptable that there is there are governing bodies who would think that way when you're supposed to be promoting sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I it, think there's been so many missed opportunities within the Southeast Asian Games. 100%. So many. So many. We've had so many good teams. I remember like we used to go through like pr prospective lineups that we could put forward in an under 23 and under 22. And mm. it's always stacked. Yeah. It's always stacked for the players. Like, wow, imagine if he played at this level, he'd dominate this and that. And for me, it's always a great stepping stone for these guys. Like you said, I mean, how many of these players, like from 
my group, my era, like Phil, James, um, Ali, um, all came through the SEA Games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they all competed the last time it was here in the Philippines back in 2005. Five. You know, it's a great gre- breeding ground. And, and how many of those other players? Uh, Matt Hartman, my brother. Mm. Um, so many players. And, and that in itself is a great honour. You know what I mean? To yeah. represent your country at, 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 at major games. Yeah. You know, the likelihood of Philippines qualifying for an Olympics is obviously slim. Yeah. So this is as good as it's probably going to get. Or well, Asian Games is actually is, it would potentially be an option. And that in itself is also a great... Look at South Korea. I mean, they put Son Heung-min. Yeah. Right? Miss Games for Tottenham. Yeah. In order to play in it. You know, so these types of games, they shouldn't be seen as a a secondary event or something that we shouldn't really be trying to compete in yeah. for, for this, that and the other. Normally political reasons, right? Or financial reasons. But these are great opportunities for these guys to, to play and represent their flag at a highly competitive level. Mm. And it should definitely not be overlooked. Yeah, they should definitely not be robbed of that experience. No, absolutely not. Yeah. But when you talk about meddling, I think there's one group that's, obviously we're, we're sort of talking about the, the men's team They've got their work cut out for them, but it's still a possibility. Yeah. It's not in their own hands. But it's not in their own hands. The women's team, however, yeah, very much in their hands. So that's the third point, really, that I wanted to go into is the women's team, they're on fire at the moment. Mm-hmm. What yep. do you think of their chances? Well, they're in the semis already. Mm-hmm. Um, played Malaysia on the same night the men's team did, and they shellacked them. Yeah. That's... Uh, Five-nil drop-in. Yeah. Uh, Holden got... Um, Bolden, rather, sorry, got uh, a hat trick in, I think it was the first half already. Um, What's her story? uh, I believe she's an NCAA player that was brought into the Philippines uh, to um, reinforce the side. So she's obviously very talented. You see some of her finishing and her her athleticism is is very much uh, on show. But the rest of the team is is a cohesive unit Mm. that is expecting... That not not oh, sorry maybe expecting is not the right word but they know they're good enough right. for this they're primed for hey we're not just happy to be here yeah. we're primed to try to get a medal yeah. and we and it's it comes from the coach all the way down to all the players that we're not here to you know be taken in to just take in this experience we want to make history yeah. and we want to make get our first medal ever I mean they've already made history by making it to the semifinals that's never been done yeah. and they look like a side that. You know, a bronze medal, a silver medal, you know, making it into the finals is not an impossibility, yeah. you know. Do you uh, feel as though they feel as though that's not good enough? You know what I mean? Like if, if they make it to the semis, yeah, okay, it's an achievement, but that would not be what Everything. we were expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we get a, you know, if we lose and we get a bronze, is that seen as success? Because the, the sort of the vibe I get, I, I might be wrong, is this team is, has the intentions of taking gold. home the gold medal. Yeah, I love That's it. That's how I feel. I love it. I love that approach. You know, like historically, if you look at the books, you have no business thinking that way. Mm. But I like a, a coach and a, a cohesive unit that is ambitious mm. without being brash. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like they, they know that they're capable of this. They, I mean, they played against Thailand and the likes before yeah. and they weren't too far away. No. And, and they knew that there was things to adjust and they've stayed together as a unit. They've gone into a camp a couple camps together and they're building upon fixing those mistakes. So they haven't conceded a goal yet. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, the, the only thing really I would say in, in that might go against them is, is that actual, the lack of competition they've had in those games, because mm. it looks like they're going to have Thailand in the, the, in the, in the semis. semis, right? I mean, Vietnam have done, have done well. Um, they look, look like the team that's going to likely top the group in, in the other half of the draw. So that leaves us with, the prospect of playing Thailand, who obviously were at the World Cup. <laughs> um, they have bridged the gap, haven't they, recently? I yeah. mean, they, 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 the narrow defeat recently in the... I forget which competition it was now. Um, but I think on ho- home soil, given the fresh impetus that this team has with the home crowd, with, mm. with the sort of the, this newfound confidence and uh, just the mentality um, that they seem to possess right now, I think they've got a real shot of making the finals. I hope so. You know, I, they have got the confidence. They've got the quality, I would say. Um, some of these 
ladies have been with his squad forever. Like yeah. I was just looking at um, throwback pictures from like Natasha Alquiros, who was talking about how she was 16 years old when she went into the national team. Her roommate was Let Dimzon, mm. the national team coach now. Yeah, she was. Uh, you had Mariel Benitez, who was there, who is now a commentator, yeah. obviously not part of the squad, but Empelido, uh, their yeah. captain now, was part of that yeah. squad. So these are people who have gone through the ranks, who went through like a decade of of starvation, essentially. <laughs> You know, lack of support, um, being bypassed by the federation, mm-hmm. um, being seen as something lesser than the men's team. And they've just plugged away and they've stayed together as a unit yeah. and they really, really believe in one another, yeah. you know. And honestly, it's a very inspiring story. Yeah. And um, if they if they make it, it's, it's a huge statement to the federation, to the people and what you can do if you have a vision, you stick to it, and you believe in it and you guys work hard they, these these ladies work hard yeah. and they're they're getting the rewards now i think what what it's be very difficult for a men's team to make a world cup sure right just just because of the numbers mm. right but i always feel as though the philippines if they were we talk, if um and we sort of we, we sort of wax lyrical about it in in, in the in the in the last um podcast about if people got the funding then we could do so many great things sure. like but the women's national team seems to be one that's really underserved mm. but could achieve unbelievable recognition yeah if they were given the right opportunities like winning a sea games medal preferably a gold which seems to be the target here would be amazing but realistically when you think about it when we, again we talk about population we talk about um the makeup of of the of the country the, the the physical attributes that the, 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 these women possess that tempered with the fact that again there are a lot of Filipinos that are based abroad that are participating at an unbelievable level in the US right mm-hmm. that seems to be where we are able to pull a lot of the players from yeah. so if they're playing at arguably probably from the ages of 18 to 22 one of the highest levels that you can play on the planet and then we've got girls women that are playing at that level surely with with a little bit like you said if you could expand that program and really cultivate that mm. the opportunity for them to play in the world cup is is wholly viable i mean thailand were there I mean, okay they got they got absolutely caned in in a few of the games but for the women to make a world cup would it's not that far-fetched it would be yeah. amazing it'd be incredible but it's not far-fetched just given the opportunity given the the resources they could feasibly make a world cup 100 percent agree and it's like when you when people talk about the men's qualifying for it it's sort of like uh, a pipe dream you know like oh yeah maybe it could be a thing but this one this is tangible this is they were they were on they were not too far away a couple of games yeah a couple of games away exactly they were in the Asian Cup you know they did well in the AFF like this is a side that is already showing signs that they can bridge that gap you know a little bit more support a little a few players here and there uh, and you would really uh, be knocking on the door in the World Cup, yeah. and you know, even myself, you know, I I am not as informed about the women's team as I should be, and yeah. I'm I'm embedded yeah. in, the, in the football community, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, that that goes to say that they are not pr- being given the the amount of attention that they deserve. Yeah. And I think over the last couple of years, they've they've started changing that. You know, there's yeah, and they should because other sports have done it really well. Yeah, right. I mean, volleyball seems to seem they did it well for for a while. Mm. You know, of highlighting that no girls can play professional yeah. sport. Yeah. Right, and, and I think you need to give these girls an outlet and a, a viable um, progression. Mm. That if I'm a 14, 13 year old girl and I want to play football. You know, what's the end game? Is the end game I could just play in high school or playing potentially playing college? No, you can feasibly play professional football. You can yeah. feasibly go and play with a national team at a World Cup. Yeah, like that's really what we're trying to create here. Also, is giving these guys a pathway that right? Okay, if I stick to this, if mm. I can, you know, Natasha came on the show and talked about it. You know, I think that's really what 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 needs to be done and it needs to be harnessed and, and give these guys the platform to really showcase not just their football abilities but also them as personalities and I think we've got a golden generation right now that so is that is yeah. has experienced the hardships that you guys yeah, definitely. experienced yeah. in 2005 and that yeah. so they're, they're these guys are gritty you know these girls are, gr- are, are, 
are greedy ladies who know where they've come from and the pathway to where they want to be is a long journey yeah but they're not too far away so yeah. they they're appreciative of everything that is given to them yeah. uh, uh, you know i'm not going to say that you know they're prima donnas in in the men's team but there are certain expectations that they have of how they should be treated yeah and 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 the women's team don't have that they don't have that like um that nature about them yeah they're, they're super appreciative of the journey and i think something special is going to happen i hope so yeah i hope so i mean you, t you talked a little bit about um sort of expectations of and i want to sort of segue into the fourth topic which is or the fourth um what do we say things that have stood out yeah and for me one of the sort of more negative things that have come out of this this campaign is is the fake news Mm. Or fake news versus what is actually real. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you talk about um, the women's team experiencing certain problems, and and again, it reared its head with the the hotel debacle. You know, of Kikiam. Yeah, Kikiam. <laughs> I don't even, didn't even know what that was. It was a term that was I only found out about through this supposed scandal. But right. yeah, that was one. And then obviously the rooms being mm. delayed and, and yeah. letting the athletes go in. That the, the Teams not getting picked up at the airport or mm. taken to the wrong hotel and stuff. I mean, you're involved in that in the media side. How much of it is fake news to create this sort of clickbait, perhaps, mm. or how much of it is actually bona fide issues that the the tournament has experienced? I think it's it's been quite an interesting thing to to witness because I knew firsthand that there were going to be issues. Yeah. Oh, we uh, talked a little bit about the stadium thing. It yeah. was never going to be ready, right? Yeah. Never going to be ready. Rizal was still being worked on on the day of the first match, yeah. right? So my yeah. understanding of it is that teams didn't get changed in the changing rooms. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if that yeah. wasn't the case. If, that, if that was the case. Yeah, I heard that there was, there was paint, yeah. you know, with toxic fumes yeah. that made it smelled like thinner and there was Couldn't, new paint. Yeah. We don't want anyone going out, you know, high <laughs> yeah, exactly. before a game, you yeah. know, failing drug tests. So, but um, yeah, so, I mean, we kind of anticipated that before, didn't we? We were saying yeah. they were still putting the roof on, you know, like two or three days before the event. For example, Myanmar versus Cambodia was the first men's game, right? Mm. I had the I had the privilege of calling that match. Yeah. The, the, the signage, the LED board on the side of the, the pitch right. that, that throws up the advertisements, yeah. that was blank, blank for the first half. Right. Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was worse than that. It would. It they flashed something and then it went black and then icons came up, like a desktop and then a cursor was like moving around, right? Yeah. So they're obviously ill prepared for this. Yeah. Right. Which is actually in stark contrast to what we had in Binyan. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because Binyan was ready. Binyan um, had a dry run with a Copa final. Yeah. So they already were prepared for what they needed to do for the Sea Games. They did. They enacted the whole process yep. already, uh, the whole protocol. So the security was perfect. The, the dressing rooms were done. Yep. Uh, all of this, nothing to worry about. Can you give a shout out to anyone on that one? Ariel Cerantes, what's yep. up? Yeah, that, 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 he was the venue manager over there. Yep. And, um, obviously a good friend. And he did a great job yeah, alongside great job. the LGU of Binyan. They were working very hard to make sure that Binyan was Sea Games ready. Because yeah. um, so that also received some fake news, didn't it? The, the, and I think later when it came yeah. out, they apologized yeah. because Binyan was like, well, hold on a minute. No, actually, we've got our act together. Yeah. So yeah, while there, there might have been some teething problems elsewhere, we, we definitely had our stuff together. That's right. And I think that's the thing because Rizal was unready. So because he was not ready, there was a lot of like, how dare you guys start the games with with you know the you guys are fixing the stadium on the day itself like this is unacceptable mm -hmm. behavior right and and that kind of snowballed into this outrage this this general outrage from everybody that they're looking for holes to pick yep. at the sea games preparation yep. and once the media sort of gets a feel of that you know unfortunately modern media is skewed towards what people are viewing yeah. right now or what they're what they want to hear yeah and so they started doubling down their efforts yeah. on how many more outrage stories can we throw out there yeah. right so there was binyan being under construction which was not true yeah right there was um the rizal football press conference area that they that they put out which was unready and they were going to host a press conference yeah. there that unfortunately was true right right so there is a mix of yeah. true and not true right but the thing is because of the the the, the demand for this type of content yeah. 
some of the journalists were no longer fact-checking where they're getting yeah. these pictures. Yeah. They're just throwing it out there yeah. and getting clicks. Yeah. Forget about it. Whatever. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll apologize later. Which there has been a lot of apologies. Yeah, coming can we up. go through some of those? Yeah, there was like a Philippine flag that was utilized apparently as a tablecloth. That's not true. That was a 2017 picture. Right. Right? There was um, non halal food as being, or pork being served to, um, yeah. you know, Muslim uh, members from other contingents, yeah. which is, of course, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Right? That, that was a really bad one. Yeah. Um, the Kikyam situation with, with Coach Let, that. She had a legitimate reason. She said, like, okay, she wasn't happy with what was available for yeah. her. Whether it was Kikim or not is not really the point right. of the that story. Yeah. You know, Kikim is uh, for for your benefit, by the way. It's just a snack that you get on the side. It's like a street food thing. Yeah. It's like fish balls, yeah, 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 squid yeah. balls, and Kikim. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, oh, it's chicken sausage. I don't care if it was, you know, whatever sausage. If it was, it could have been anything. You know yeah. what I mean? It could be a Hungarian sausage for all <laughs> I care. But if it was, if it's egg, sausage, and rice, and that's it. Yeah. You know, we're athletes. Yeah. So you know, you're gonna expect a little bit more. Wow, what a backlash she got for that. Yeah. You know, um, is it just a lot of sensationalism? Like, is it just sensationalized because it's the Sea Games and because you know that if you run a story like that, it's gonna create a storm in a teacup? Do you know I, what I mean? I think it is. Yeah. But you know, it's some of it is rooted in 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 real things. You know that there was a lack of preparation. There yeah. were teams that were picked up late. There yeah. were there were hotels that were unprepared to take in yeah. these guests at these particular times. Yeah. Was it a small minibus that picked up the Cambodia team? Yes, those are true. Yeah. You know, you cannot okay. make these things up. So there were certain things, and they would they would argue that oh come on, it's the first few days of a big event. You know, you you're allowed to make these mistakes. Um, I, I think, don't. I no, don't subscribe to that. I think that's BS. Yeah, because Japan, contrastly, are about to host the 2020 Olympics, and their venues are done eight months in advance. Yeah. Right. I mean, just because other Sea Games uh, were hosted badly by Malaysia and Indonesia, they were not. You know, um, how should you say they, they they had their own mistakes yeah. that they made, and we experienced those things. Yeah. It doesn't make it correct to do it here yeah. or to allow these is that, things. Is that a cultural thing? Because I've heard that phrase a lot. Yeah. You know, in <laughs> any organized event, you know, like whether it be a youth league or whatever, I mean, oh yeah, but it's only the first week. So we'll let you wear your own, you know, wear a different uniform this yeah. week. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Wear the correct uniform. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've had six months to prepare for this. Mm. What, an extra week is going to make all the difference? No. And if, it, if you needed the extra week, you should have forfeited your games, mm. right? You shouldn't be allowed to play. Yeah, and I think like with this, I I think, I think it's a really interesting dichotomy between it accentuates all the really positive things about the Philippines, like the opening ceremony Oof. was pretty slick, <laughs> right? Let's be honest, that yeah. could be any opening ceremony of any event, and it'd be like pff, absolute wow. top level, and everything from the production to Francis Liberian suits, you know, it was mm. top top notch yeah and that, that shows you know and, and that's when i hear people like they sit down they watch the ceremony and they cried and it's like philippines is world class and you think that is world class but then that's what i expect now mm. do you know what i mean that's that's definitely what i expect because they're capable of doing it yeah so why settle for anything that's less and when it's far far under par then i'm sorry you deserve to get slammed and you deserve to get hung out to dry yeah it's not that you know you're criticizing that you are unpatriotic you know what i mean that's what that was that was a narrative that yeah, was really pushed yeah and i didn't subscribe to that at all it's something that i have fallen victim to many a time yeah it's like this is not good enough oh you know you sound like you're a bit of a moany bastard here yeah. to be honest with you i'm like no it's not good enough yeah it's not good enough it's not acceptable you can't expect athletes to perform at a level if they're giving crap food Correct. right you can't expect athletes to perform if they're sitting in the lobby, you know, mm. sitting in an uncomfortable chair for four hours while they're waiting for their room to arrive. Yeah. It's not acceptable. Don't be a gracious host by picking them up in a tiny minibus and yeah. taking them to the wrong hotel. Yeah. Like, sort that out. Yeah. Sort that out. Because at the end of the day, it, that, that sort of thing is what actually gives the Philippines a bad name. 100%. Right? When, in reality, they're capable of putting on an absolutely wonderful, wonderful game. Yeah. And if you accept that, that's the reason why corruption is so prevalent. Of course. Right, I mean that's the kind of culture that people can 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 sweep it aside and say, you know, 
ah, it's understandable. You know, there's just a few hitches and glitches because we're we're getting our momentum going for the games. You know, it's like no. When did when were you awarded the Sea Games? You know, it's been more than a year yeah. that you've known that this is going to happen. Yeah. So why are we painting it the day of the game? Exactly. Paint it seven months ago. It's this cramming culture, right? That yeah. If you complete it in the job, I mean, what is your 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 basis for success? The games happened, the matches were played, <laughs> right. right? So yeah. it was a success. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, that's not the way you should think about it, yeah. you know, because then the next time you're going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. There's got to be steps taken to make sure that we're improving yeah. all the time. And if you experience bad things in Malaysia and Indonesia, then you should be already implementing those things yeah, when you're hosting it, right? Sure. So I don't think, it, because it became a thing of like um, uh, pro-administration and anti-administration, it became one of those yeah, things. Did, and, yeah. and everybody's just throwing dirt. Yeah. You know, without keeping the the main thing in mind, which is that we're trying to host the games properly. Yeah. And if we're gonna get an opportunity to do this again, we're gonna have to do it better than what we did last time. Yeah. That means the criticisms need to be put in place. Yeah. And if there's criticisms that are being thrown at these teams, like for example, one of the club, uh, one of the teams did not inform the the organizing committee that they were gonna arrive early. Therefore, they were picked up late. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. If one of those things happens, then you also have to be gracious enough to not criticize the organizing committee but because that's an opportunity to throw dirt yeah. on the other side yeah. they've 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 done that yeah. you know and it's it's kind of sickening to see yeah. because everybody's just trying to um lambast one another for and then that it has resulted in fake news and blah 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 yeah. what, what we're trying to do is is get better yeah right yeah if we're going to get onto the level of hosting asian games and olympics and world cups yeah. then we got to step up our game yeah and for sure and regardless of how good the, the, the opening was, which it was fantastic, as you mentioned, right? Yeah. And we should applaud ourselves for that. Yeah. There are, there are, there's room for improvement for other things, yeah. right? Everything so else, yeah. we should look at ourselves in the mirror and, be, and, and really be honest with ourselves with regards to that. So yeah. uh, fair play to Binyan, fair play to the opening ceremonies, fair play to the people who have done things correct. Yeah. But Rizal, there was there was room, you know, for yeah, a lot of improvement. Definitely. The press conference room, like I said, like it looked like it was a place where you would get taken to when you're kidnapped. You know what I mean? You wake up, you're like, it's oh, not a good sign. it's not a good sight. Man. No. It looks great now. Okay. Yeah. I saw the pictures. It looks all right. It looks great now, it but looks all right, you know, yeah. you're a week into the tournament. You know yeah. what I mean? That's it's almost finished. Come on now. <laughs> it's almost over. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but no, you you're obviously involved with that side of things, so it's interesting to get your take on it. Um, because from an outside looking, I'm always, I'm always torn with that, that kind of thing. Cause you, part of you is like outraged and you want to be like, come on, get your act together. Yeah. And then obviously the, like the, then the narrative was pushed towards modern. Let, let's really get behind the athletes and then we can kind of show. And I think that's actually what seems to be the upsurge since that fake news has been about getting behind the athletes yeah. and everything seems to be a lot more positive. And, and the, the fifth and final thing that I want to talk about really is is this the spark that can reignite the sort of passion within specifically the footballing community? And mm -hmm. then maybe as a byproduct of that, maybe the games as a whole being the spark behind people wanting to get more involved in um, supporting sports teams in general. Because obviously we said in the last episode that we really hoped that the getting to the Asian Cup was going to be it. Yeah. Right. Because that's the pinnacle really for, for what we can achieve at this moment in time mm. um, is, is qualifying for a competition of that magnitude. Um, but it didn't really garner that that mm. kind of response. It didn't elicit that kind of um, emotion from the public or even from, from, from the media. So this seems to be doing that. Yeah. This seems to be resonating and for, for whatever reason. Maybe some of this fake news has part of it. it, it maybe <laughs> it is part of it. I don't know. But it, it seems to be eliciting a lot of... Uh, positive feel-good factor mm. that needs to be harnessed so from someone who's you, you you're in the commentary booth and from someone from, from me being on the training field with these kids that have been to the games and they're coming out and they're so excited about it is this do you think potentially the spark that could reignite the the sort of the, the football community into getting behind the national team again i think so and i hope so yeah um you know they just needed to re to remember what it was like yeah. to enjoy a football match. And it doesn't hurt that Rizal is a little bit better now. It looks better. Yeah. You know, it, the facilities have been improved. Yeah. And that is part and parcel with the fan experience, as we mentioned. Yeah. So there is a reason now for people to come out and 
to to cheer these teams on and it's about sustaining the momentum right i mean after this what is it going to be if it's going to be club football how do you harness that same passion yeah for the clubs is they're going to be the main challenge yeah. right how do you get these people out and to deliver a similar experience yeah that that tangible experience of wow i can get behind a a, a team and a community is with me in this yeah that's what it's going to be about and that's the challenge for everybody yeah. but you've been handed a huge boost you know, Definitely. for everybody involved, myself included, yeah. who who is part of a football club and handles media and marketing. This is a golden egg that yeah. has been provided to all of us that we can harness this now. Yeah. Uh, granted, none of our players are part of this Sea Games squad, but the passion is there. The people are there to enjoy the game of football, and they've been. There's how many new eyes have been, you know, set alight by these matches. Yeah. So the onus is on us yeah. to, to, to make it happen, to, to keep the momentum going. And how, and how do you see that manifesting itself? Perhaps in like the domestic game, like with the PFL games, for example, with the national team, like how, how would you like to see that be brought to the fore with those types of organizations? Well, especially with the individuals that were involved, that's going to be easier if they're going to be involved with clubs. That's so obviously you're creating heroes now, Yeah. right? There are individuals that people can um, relate to. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's also a question mark as to what do we expect from the league right. next year, right? Yeah, yeah. So some stability would be nice, and right. some um, some clear picture of what path is ahead of us. Yeah. Because right now, that's that's the problem. That's the challenge for a right, lot of people right, in, in in similar positions as myself. Is yeah. What is going to happen next year? Yeah. You know, how many teams are going to be involved? Which teams are those? Yeah. Right. Uh, how long? What is the format of our tournaments? These are some of the things that need to get out of the way as quickly as possible, so we can lay down the road for what people can expect. Yeah. If I don't know what to expect, I'm sure as hell the the, the casual fan doesn't know what to expect. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that I would really like to see. Just, I've always been one to try to create pathways. So. I look at like the Singapore League. The S League has the the Lions. They play in their domestic league. Yeah, and obviously it they happen to have that within the Paulina Akantara Cup. Yeah, with under twenty two. Yeah, I have no idea why that isn't a regular fixture. Mm. Right, if we were at a, in a position where we are, there was a dearth of teams. There is a ready-made team right there, already available, ready to play. Right, right. So you can get an additional fixture. So even, let's say, for example, a Dylan De Broeker, right? Mm -hmm. He can still play for Ceres, mm. right? So when the 22s play Ceres, he plays for Ceres. But when the 22s play in any other fixture, mm. he is available and eligible to play in that game. That wouldn't be a bad idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> it's, it's a brilliant idea because it gives them an opportunity to then work together as a group yeah. to play in competitive games against some really good opposition and it then is a building block for future events for future tournaments mm. you know I've seen other countries do it and they've done it really really well I've seen like in England they do um, cup competitions where the team's development squads participate in and it's just about developing those um, pathways for the players to play competitive games so if for example if it was in concurrent with the UAAP you would Okay, let's say all of their games are on a certain day. We play all those games midweek. We play the midweek games for, for those different under-22s. Right. And then those players who missed out, your JB Belongans and these types of players, they can play. Yeah. They can play. And they can play at a level that's comparable to what they would have in a C Games mm. or with a national team. Because I think one of the biggest issues is obviously bridging that gap between college uap ncaa whatever to the national team the gap's too big those kids can't compete yeah they can't and if it, if they can it's going to take them a couple of years you know look at like um arno almita for example yeah. right so he's now coming to the kai's team he's had a couple of years and he's he's finding his way yeah but he's gone from uap standout yeah. to being on the fringes of the first team with with with, with kaya I yeah. mean, as a player, no, our coach, no, no. Yeah. He's a top, top level player. But if, he, if he'd have brought that experience further forward, if he was playing in that, at that level mm. at 18, 19, 20, yeah. he'd be, his development would be far ahead of the curve than what it is Far now. ahead. Right? So all of a sudden, you're playing against Stefan Schrock. You're playing against, um, you know, Storbley, Ingresso in, in competitive games. Mm. But you can still go to school. You can still, you know, still go and do, the, do um, represent FEU in, in competition. It's no problem. 
I just think these types of opportunities are things that can help develop from a developmental standpoint are things that can can come off the back of such events and then because sea games every two years you, you already once this games is over be preparing for the next cycle right right so who are the guys who will be to under 22 in two years time and Quite then you few. just get those guys playing together playing together playing yeah. together for me it makes sense you know for me it makes sense take what you've learned from the fan experience as well you know 100 yeah. percent, and and utilize that some of the good things some of the negative things things to improve on like like we said earlier creating this fan experience why are there no concessions at games mm. what are these guys supposed to drink <laughs> if you're thirsty what are you supposed to drink at a game yeah soda uh, soda water but who's selling them inside the stadium they're, they're supposed to be people who walk around but it's just the, they're just the what would you call them like they're part of how should you say uh PSC people actually right yeah okay a couple of them uh, right but it's just an individual guy with a yeah basket basically <laughs> yeah you know what I mean I'm yeah. talking like actually having a concession stand yeah you know a yeah. food uh, dining area mm -hmm. something outside the events that people can get have some sort of fan experience yeah you know like you go to go to a Thailand game and the beers are outside fun activities for the kids mm. stuff on a big screen you know it's all part of the experience and i think we're missing the trick there yeah um have all these clubs got the resources to do that no maybe not but i think it's up to us to try to find a way to make it more enjoyable for these individuals because at the moment we're not we're not fully utilizing that as an opportunity and if we don't do it any if we don't do it soon like guitar money is coming in right we think yeah we think so if we're not harnessing that you know, is that money just going to be squandered on other things which are trivial, yeah. i.e. what we talked about before, just being compliant with certain regulations for AFC. But right. really, we're not getting fans in through the door, which for me, again, would be indicative of dropping the ball. Yeah. And we've got, we call it lightning in a bottle, which I think is great. It's, yeah. I think that, that, that we're, at, we're at that point now. I think we're at that point where you can, it's very tangible. You can feel it that something really, really positive is going on. Yeah. But if we don't build from it, it's just another lost opportunity. Hundred percent, and with the women's team as well, I think we're 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 turning a new page as well. It's not just a men's game anymore. It's going to be a women's game too. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot more potential to take advantage of, because there's going to be a lot of eyes on this women's team, especially if they perform. Yeah. And get that medal, it's going to be a bigger pie, a huge pie. You know, there's going to be a lot of young girls out there who are going to be looking up to these ladies and thinking like, "Where's my pathway? Yeah. Where am I going to go? Yeah. Right? And there's going to be something that 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 we need to provide them as well yeah and if you're talking about that fan experience like i said it's like where are we going to play is it going to be rizal or is it going to be binyan let's start making those agreements with those with those stadiums that we can utilize certain areas for these fan experience uh, fan experiences yeah. you know so yeah I, I hope this is something that we can nail down right after these sea games yeah. like there's no rest there's no like oh no, it's no, off no, no, season yeah. no. No, no it's it's the the hard work happens in december and january February when the season starts in March we have to be primed we got to be ready yeah yeah so. because I think if we don't do it now it's yeah it, it's going to take another sea games or it's going to take another momentous heroic something yeah. yeah to to recreate this and you know maybe I'm hoping maybe some of the people that are in charge haven't just been thinking about getting elected and then what we would what would we do yeah. after the election I'm hoping that people had a bona fide plan maybe this is wishful thinking here <laughs> but maybe they anticipated something like this happening yeah. because it is such a momentous event this, the, the, the SEA Games it's yeah. an incredible it's an incredible competition I, I, I didn't do it last time I didn't do it um, back in 2005 but my brother did and loved it he said it was the most incredible experience and it's one of the things that I really really regret not being a part of and to be just here and just seeing everything and feeling the, the atmosphere, you know, it's incredible. So I'm hoping that they already have things in place, mm. anticipating that something amazing would happen. I doubt it. So <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm hoping that they are working double time now to be like, right, God, guys, we have got an opportunity here. Let's not squander it. Let's make sure that we don't drop the ball make sure that we push forward with this momentum and give, the, especially the Philippine football public, I think the boys and girls is, is a great um, addition. The girls, having the girls come in is a great addition to that as well. And really, really try to push things forward in the next sort of two to three months. Mm. Because otherwise it's going to come back around and we're going to have the 
PFL starting and it's going to be the same old crap. Yeah, yeah. Right, and we can't have that because I guarantee you, people, as soon as that season starts again, people are going to be off the back of this, be like, okay, what's the next football game that we can go watch? Okay, we'll go and watch the PFL. We'll go and watch Kaya versus Green Archers. Or we'll go and watch Sarah's play against, I was going to say global then, but we don't know. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And if they go and it's a flat. lackluster experience, if it's flat, they ain't going to come back. Yeah. They ain't going to come back. I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, it's challenging, you yeah. know. And but that's that's the reason why we're here, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you don't accept the challenge, who will? And that's the that's the that's really the way it is. Um, people have to stand up and be counted for uh, during these next few months. Yeah, and hopefully we're up for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully we medal. Uh, you know, I think the girls have got a great chance. The yeah. Women's got a great chance of medaling. Um, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope the men's team can can qualify out the group. Mm. Like Vietnam, I think is the likely opponent. I think that'd be a tough, that'd be a tough one. But I'm I'm hoping that obviously more than that, I'm hoping that this can be the platform to as a, one as a springboard for the governing bodies and the powers that be to create something off the back of this momentum, yeah. and also to harness this and inspire the next generation of footballers because I've, I've definitely seen that sort of twinkle in the kids' eyes who've, who've gone and watched it, experienced it, felt it. And I'm hoping that that will give them, you know, the feeling of, well, that could be me one day mm. suiting up for the national team. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Sea Games. Here we go. Here we go. Well, I've enjoyed that, Jing, talking about the Sea Games. And when this episode does come out, mm. obviously, one of us will be right and one of us will be wrong. Hopefully, it's me that's wrong. Um, I, I sincerely hope that the guys and the girls can get a medal. Um, and hopefully, we can have a really enjoyable sea games campaign for for all the other events as well i hope so too chris if you like this across the line episode and if you like the football content that we create please do subscribe on youtube and download our episodes on apple podcasts and listen to them on spotify